Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where there's nothing to look at, so what's to talk about? As we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. <laughs> and today we're tackling the 147th episode in the series, Melodrama. I mean, that that's, it, as far as apt quotations from the episodes go, that's one of the best intros for a podcast ever. <laughs> yes, it really is. <laughs> Blowing your own perturbing flurbin over there, but you're right. Yeah, I am, I am. Or you could be like my child who when we're listening to something on my phone, she needs to see the cover art. Love <laughs> so that. That's called look a look I know. I was like, kid, we're not watching TV. It's just called listening to music. Um, anyway. <laughs> uh, this is a fun one. This is this is one every time I see the title melodrama, I always forget that it's this one i guess i don't know it always like it feels that this is not connected to that title somehow it's like feels less melodramatic in terms of the storyline for both storylines um but you know it's a fun one i always i always love the the mel bushman interplay i think it's always interesting um but uh but yeah it's kind of like a it's like a fluffy one i think there's nothing super heavy here yeah no super fluffy not i you know i i always i struggle to find the word that I want to call these episodes. Not, they're not exactly fillers, but they're not they're not going to be in my top 10 list, you know, but I like this one. I, I am very entertained by it. I actually do think there's a good um, sort of like moral message. Um, and I, I think it's like, I don't know, the Rose storyline is so ridiculous and so bizarre, but it's really funny. And like, it totally like, it's, I struggle with whether or not I think it gives Rose the, enough credit um, as like a human person. Um, but I also kind of think like she does, she is somebody who like gets an assignment and wants to do the assignment. So I could see that her sort of like being like, I don't want to give into sensationalism and like, you yeah. know, the Norville crack, like it, it, it adds up. Um, but I, I think it totally I, does. And I actually think that's a somewhat like, it's a somewhat logical assumption that that's what she should be doing. Yeah, no, totally. And it's not like, especially if you are somebody who like reads the book, like journalism 101 and like Rose is going to follow that, you know? So like, I feel totally, I think like that's sort of where it comes from, but um, I don't know. Should we start at the beginning? Should we start with Bushman, Mel Bushman? Yeah. Well, let's, let's start with the English lawyer. (laughs) I love that knock of just uh, just because you have to you walk around looking like an English lawyer it doesn't mean the rest of us have to. Yeah, totally. It's so good. <laughs> it's great. But yeah, let's talk about Mel Bush. Go for it. Um. Well, so I love. I I actually love the arrangement that they have. Like, I'll say, I, I guess I'll start there. Like, I think, you know, like initially Blanche is like, oh, like you know, whatever she gets stood up or her day cancels or whatever it is like and she calls him and then I I think it the plot unfolds in a way that makes a lot of sense it's like you know you kind of don't know what you got till it's gone sort of thing yeah Um, yeah and And like like, concerning yeah like uh, it reminds me of like as a parent and I think I brought this up even on this podcast before my mom used to like randomly just call me because she thought of me and then she thought of something bad happening to me and she needed the confirmation that I was okay yeah <laughs> and it's like I can totally relate to that as a parent and I think you do the same thing with your friends where you're just like oh I haven't talked to so-and-so in a while oh my god oh my god right and it's like yeah. 
now you have way less to go on uh or then you had way less to go on than you do today right in terms of being like on social media or something like that so yeah totally and I think like I don't know I guess I feel like um when the whole thing is kind of happening and like Blanche is sort of explaining what their situation is whatever like I feel strongly and I think you do too and I think probably like most fans of the Golden Girls feel like Generally, I I agree with Dorothy's moral compass, and I think she's, like, a very strong, um, like, I think she sees the world in a way that I generally agree with, but I think she is a little narrow-minded here about Blanche's arrangement with Mel, and, like, she's a little judgy, I think. She's a little judgmental about it, and I think it's interesting because, like, when we saw Dorothy with Eddie, Sophia kind of said the same thing to her, which was, like, just this arrangement with like having sex with somebody with no romantic connection is not going to work for you. And I think that that is probably true. Like I think Dorothy is Dorothy personally. For that. Yeah. Which is fine. But I think it completely works for Blanche. And I think as revealed at the end, like Blanche and Mel Bushman are good friends. Like they like what they do. They don't hang out a lot. It's certainly transactional, but they're both getting what they want out of the transaction. And like, I guess that's the whole point. Like if you're doing something with a consenting adult and everybody's cool with it, nobody's getting emotionally hurt or like uh, lied to or whatever, like it's all out in the open. Like there's really, there's nothing wrong with it in my opinion. And like, this is a bit progressive, I would say. And like showing- Absolutely. Like a fuck buddy this is a fuck buddy episode. Exactly, yes. right? <laughs> it is it is a huge deal and i a thousand percent agree with you that like as long as everybody's fine in the relationship you know and and understands the terms then we're great and it's interesting that they actually show the tension in this episode happening when blanche you know to to borrow a more modern term like catches feelings for a minute (laughs) you know it's like it's kind of interesting and it's like i think it's hard to talk about relationships like this and i think you're spot on with like the Dorothy and Eddie and like Sophia's comments about it because for a lot of people it's not right and I it won't be a good fit or they're pretending it's a good fit but deep down like that's not what they actually want um and it can be fine temporarily for a lot of people until you get what you actually want in your deeper relationship that kind of thing but a lot of times what happens and when things fall apart is like one party thinks one way and one party thinks the other way right and i think that that's kind of the the tension of this episode with blanche but i i agree with you that there you know i i didn't really think about it too much before but she does dorothy does have a lot of judgy comments um that actually don't <laughs> that i don't know that just like it doesn't really add up of sort you know you can actually say to dorothy like well what's it to you why do you care so much right, about right. this particular scenario you know although i do love like if you wind up having to read a book because of that man <laughs> so good <laughs> but i think like i think it's a pretty realistic depiction too like i think people often don't know how to react to their friends and or they're someone close to them making choices they disagree with but actually have no like they're not harmful and often it is with this sort of judgmental kind of presentation of like well I have morals I could never do that and like even like the way she kind of like disparagingly refers to him as old reliable is like if and initially I guess you're like oh I we don't know how Mel Bushman feels whatever so maybe you're like oh the zipper king is in love with Blanche but he's not everybody's happy with it they have completely different lifestyles 
He doesn't want to do what he wants to do. She doesn't want to do what he wants to do. And like, it's a perfect arrangement for her actually, because she does want to have a date every Saturday. She doesn't want to have to read a book. So like, you know, there's no problem with it, but I think Dorothy doesn't like, she doesn't know how to react other than in a judgmental way, which I don't think is a unique Dorothy trait. I think that often people do that, like, you know, subconsciously, I guess. Yeah, I yeah, I think a lot of it is kind of subconscious. I think you're right. And it's like, I, I don't know. It's <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's just interesting to see. I mean, part of this is also the Dorothy being jealous of Blanche thing, too, right? Because mm-hmm. that's mixed up in it as well. Not not to the full extent she doesn't want Blanche's life, but like I think that's what the book comments getting at, right? Of just like, okay, well. <laughs> Blanche like goes like tries anything if she's just like okay my number one hobby is men and sleeping with men and hanging out with men and Dorothy feels superior to her for like not being like that and wanting to like read and do other things in life but at the same time you know she knows that like sex and companionship in that way is easily accessible to Blanche and obviously you know who wouldn't be a little jealous of that of like being made with the ease that she can sort of produce this have a fuck buddy on the side as well as date other men like that's kind of an incredible arrangement that she's got for herself so so I do think that's part of it too right where it's like you know flashing forward to like one of my favorite episodes of you know when they have a an exchange in the bathroom and journey to the center of attention when she says you know you ever jealous of me and she's like every day of my life and I you know I mean it's like that that's real that's fucking real throughout the entire series here so I, I think that that we'd be naive if we didn't think that that was somewhat at play here with her snarky comments yeah, the magenta syndrome. Um, totally. It's it's definitely exactly. there. And I think that's like that is part of it. And I think also like the it's it's nice to kind of see. I don't know. I, I feel like the conclusion of the episode and the conclusion of the the Mel and Blanche thing um is is really great and is really like I don't know, maybe I'm reaching here, but I feel like particularly at this time and even, you know, like between now and then, like there's been a no, a sizable, I would say, but not, you know, full, not full shift in the acceptance of quote unquote, non-traditional relationships. Um, and you know, so that is maybe like polyamory or like open relationships or like hooking up with somebody with no intention of dating them, whatever it is. Like there's definitely a shift, um, towards that. I think particularly from, younger generations, I guess, as, as is often the case with like social change. But, um, this is like early, this is an early demonstration of that, I think. And like, I don't want to, you know, inflate it as like, wow, like the golden girls are out here stemming for non-traditional families and relationships and whatever. But I do think there's something to the fact that like, there's a lot of gay writers who probably had arrangements in this sort of way. And like, I don't know. I yeah, feel you're right. Like you get like a queer take on things. It brings to the the forefront things that are a little less like talked about. And it, again, like it's so powerful to have this be an older woman who's choosing to do this. Um, but I don't know. I I don't want to. I don't want to downplay it either. I think it's a pretty big deal. It is. It is a pretty big deal. <laughs> I think it's great, and I think it's also a bigger deal that she kind of went through the motions of like trying to be like what are my feelings and like verbally process them both aloud with her as well as 
with the girls and as well as with Mel and like trying to figure out what it all means right especially in like the soup of our very traditionalist culture yeah (laughs) so yeah yeah it was really impressive um so (laughs) life sucks (laughs) oh man yeah so great that's very (laughs) let's go check on rose which i think is really nice (laughs) um anyway the so let's talk about when you know she's suspicious that he might be dead right or she's like worrying herself about him that he hasn't answered her phone calls and blah 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 and uh rose is telling the story about ingmar (laughs) and she's like and there was ingmar lying on oh wait a minute he was dead it's really just perfect rose of just like all right this is really not gonna help the situation um amazing um but i do love that that also like lights the fire uh to like go to his house which is which is great you know it's a great it's a great scene um i think it's also the same like house set that we've seen for everybody everybody from uh you know good old uh miami vice ed to um you know al's wife (laughs) any any, like peripheral side characters home is like that set which is really funny yeah Uh, but uh i love you know i mean like it's interesting like you don't know where they're gonna go with it like you don't think that there's gonna be that kind of a death on the golden girls but like when you see the newspapers outside his house you're like oh okay yeah she wasn't she wasn't wrong (laughs) to me and a man take a vacation (laughs) (laughs) um yeah (laughs) go ahead no, I was just going to say, like, I think the key ring is a really big prop nod. Like, that's so smart. It's so funny. It's so stupid, but, like, it kills. Um, and then they really want to use that exercise. Like, they must have that just, like, in the prop closet. Because that's also... Oh, my the, God, um, seriously. They're having the, the yard sale or whatever. Like, they bring yeah. that out quite a few times. <laughs> that explains the puffiness. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, anyway, so so you know, Mel Bushman is played by uh, Alan King, who has like a super unique voice, right? And it's like it's really interesting. Like, there's definitely like his. I they even mentioned this in like um, you know, uh, Jim Colucci's book, which is really interesting. But like, it's just so funny when you when you picture Mel Bushman. It's like he's he's a great he's a great character, but he's a great character because like this guy's voice really matches with him so well it's like no Klaus von Bülow like it's just like he's so <laughs> he's so Brooklyn and like it's just like he's got the old gravelly you know voice that like just works really really well yeah the zipper king <laughs> the zipper king exactly it's hysterical so um but uh I mean unsurprisingly you know part of the reason his voice was like that is because he smoked cigars all the time and he died of lung cancer but anyway um so he um he's just he's a he's a perfect character because even like in this concern that Blanche has you know for him like where she's like oh we thought you were dead and he's I love it (laughs) I just I do love that like the character of him when he's not with Blanche and like the you know the the sexual situation is the same kind of easygoing character of like I live my life very simply and you know I mean the whole comment of like the minimalist decor and like nothing to look at what's to talk about like just it's like for lack of a better word like, he's kind of basic right he's just like there's yeah. nothing really to him 
Um, I I really I dislike the even though it is funny the like no guy with an earring yeah. parks my car because you're just like all right well you're homophobic too which I guess I should have expected. But that's probably uh, him. What'd you that's say? Probably real, that's probably real Mel Bushman. Like that's exactly what right. I. It's true. That's what you would expect from him, right? Exactly. Um, but anyway, yeah. I mean, it's actually. I mean, earring aside, I do think it is funny of like the kind of guy who's like been uh, he would be uncomfortable if somebody else parked his car right like, like yeah you know, totally. i know this is miami in like the 80s early 90s but like it's uh you know valet parking is a thing but it's like that kind of guy doesn't really go there to place yeah, i mean that. That, like his whole comments on the whole experience of like where she made him go and like how much money he spent and like i'm sure he like you know didn't get enough food like you can i i like that type of like old yeah he's not exactly crotchety but he doesn't want to be there you know like he's a he's like a i don't know he's not exactly i guess he's not like working class as the zipper king but he's like a blue collar guy like he's not into that stuff um my only other point is that when dorothy says bush mania i'm like wow that would have been such a great instagram handle for him if he was alive (laughs) now (laughs) totally (laughs) um yeah, I think, you know, so the, the whole, like, it, it, I like the idea, people don't have to pursue romantic relationships at all, right? And they don't have to do that. But I think what's interesting of, like, the date that they go on is a date that Blanche would want to go on, which is, like, unfortunately, in this situation, painting a picture that that is what all dates with women are. Right. Yeah. But like it feels like it's like, well, he's like, why would I want a relationship? Because all I have to do is spend money and like, look, you know, like uh, uh, that's not how he talks. But you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it just feels like a representation for someone who's, you know, just like uh, just painting a broad brush. Right. Where it's just like women, am I right? And you're just like, OK, but but Blanche is a very particular type of superficial woman who likes to have that happen. Like. I, for one, would probably rather go down to the dive bar with you, Mel, where you're well known and, you know, yeah. like get a PBR and blah, 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 blah. So it's it's just kind of interesting because it's like you're like, OK, I get that for the point of this episode, like going through those motions of a quote unquote a relationship are necessary for them to like make the joke that like this is not fitting into Mel's life at all. <laughs> he is disinterested. But at the same time, you're just like, but that's not what like a relationship means. <laughs> it doesn't mean I'm you have to like spend a lot of money. <laughs> well, I think it is what a relationship with Blanche is like. C- correct. Exactly. That's what I mean. But I think it's like painting a picture. Like I could see that guy, oh, Mel yeah. Bushman being like, this is what it's like. And it's bullshit, you know? Um, luckily they really focus more on like, just this is, this is what, a relationship would be like between us and I don't like that mm-hmm. yeah no you're you're totally right and I mean I think there is like definitely an underlying um narrative of like gender roles in that like even absolutely from, like you know he's picking her up and like whatever and then when they have the conversation I think like that's the other part is like when they're they're dating it's like they're extremely gendered in their roles like Blanche isn't paying for dinner even though like you know they're not splitting it whatever there's all of the he's picking her up it's like all of these things they're going where she likes um but when they have their like fuck buddy situation it's like we go we get takeout like it's simple it's whatever and it's I guess it leans towards what Mel likes to do in his life but it also 
is kind of like fast forwarding to like a year into the relationship, you know, which like I think also shows a humility from Blanche that like she does like she's a fancy lady. Like she likes to go out to these places, but like she also like is very content with staying home and like chilling out with her non-boyfriend you know like I I think it it does show a little bit of like where it could go if if they ended up dating but also like again like it's not a one path like they can just have that as their thing like they don't have to do the pre yeah exactly um and it's a very honest conversation when they're like it's not working like blah 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 and then when she says I love you as a friend like it's a little, I, I don't know. I actually, I think it's like nice. Cause like they are friends. They aren't just, I guess like that's the other part. Totally. They're not just like meeting up on Grinder one time, you know, like they're friends. They know <laughs> like Blanche has a key to his house. Like they're, they do care about each other, but in a way that's like non-romantic, which like is yeah. very in line with the whole messaging of the show, which is like romantic relationships are not the only type of important relationships. So Correct. Um, I'm, 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 I have Bushmania. <laughs> <laughs> well, the concept of Bushmania. <laughs> um, but you're right. I mean, it's so progressive to have that. That's why I love that they talk it out in the episode and come to that conclusion that it works for both of them. And like, why, why change it? You know, um, speaking of it always works. Um, would you consider out of Africa, a movie that is very long and about colonialism and syphilis, uh, romantic? I mean, I, <laughs> or I guess <laughs> aphrodisiac. Yeah. It's super weird. I mean, I guess the fact that it's long is like, and it's kind of boring. Like it's a little, yeah, that's like, what I mean. Yeah. Pretty slow. So maybe I guess like, that's it. Um, so I guess that that's what they're saying, right? That, that it's just boring as fuck. <laughs> Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that's what they're saying. I'm um I wanna say that uh I mean, yeah, so we won best picture um at the Oscars. It's a celebrated film for sure. I believe Mel- Meryl Streep was nominated for an Oscar too. Um yeah. but anyway, like I, I think like again, also that's not a Mel Bushman movie, you know, like so in addition to totally. a weird choice. <laughs> Yeah, like if you kept his attention with like one of the earnest films, then yes, but he can't keep his attention with Out of Africa. Therefore, let's fool around. The original Netflix and chill. Out of Africa and fuck. <laughs> and Wolfies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wolfies. Oh my God. So great. <laughs> oh, I really do enjoy that we never see Wolfies throughout the entire run because it just keeps the mystique so great i know but it's another thing that you know i don't even like like pastrami i don't really like those types of deli sandwiches but i the food associations with me are so weird it makes me think of that and then i'm like oh man i really want a pickle and uh, I, i'm sure i had some pickles while i was watching this episode so i was gonna <laughs> say healthy. like are you just hungry when you watch these episodes? <laughs> so great almost always um um can we can we talk about um like the super sexual line where Mel goes, when you deliver such services. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I, like every time it comes up, I'm like, damn. Yeah. The delivery. <laughs> it's is... really, really just paints a picture. Anyway, I love that. Yeah. He needs a vacation. He needs to go on a vacation. Um, <laughs> and that I think is also another indicator. Like they're not so close where like, Blanche would know where he's going on vacation or that he's going away, you know? And like, that is a level of engagement that 
Like, I'm not saying you would need to call me to tell me you're going on vacation, but I think it would be rare for you to go on like a long trip and me not to know it. Cause and like, not know about it. Friends, yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. And like, that's, I think indicative of also like, it's only when one of her boyfriends doesn't show up. Like they have a cadence to the relationship. It's, a, it's just a little bit random and like whatever, but um, like, it's, it's, I just like, I'm really, I really appreciate, I guess, sort of like the unstructured structure that they have built between them. Right. And especially the fact that like Mel is the passive agent in this relationship where in a lot of ways, like it feels like Blanche could be taking advantage of him, but he actually speaks up and says, no, I like it like this. I prefer it like this, you know, which is really interesting, right? Because it's like, if you were to describe this relation to somebody, somebody would be like, oh, that guy is getting fucked over by this woman who <laughs> only calls him when she has a date broken. That's messed up, right? And I think that that's also kind of like, where Dorothy's going, right? Yeah. With like the superficiality, you know, beneath that thin veneer of superficiality <laughs> is another even thinner veneer. Um, but um, but I think that, you know, again, what we all just we've just talked about for this episode of like, you know, all of the agency that he has in this, and he actually is the one who puts his foot down of just like, we I don't want to move on. I like our relationship. I'm always home. I'm always ready to receive you at my house. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's um it's great because again, people can, you know, I mean, I think we talked about it last episode too, where like, look at, if you want to watch fucking TV all day long during retirement, go for it, man. Like, yeah. A lot of people don't, but like, if you know that that's what you want to do, there you go. And like Mel knows what he wants to do. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love it. Um, all right. So we have to talk about Rose's new uh, career as a journalist. Yes. Very oh short lived. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Um, yeah, I think it's it goes great with like the you know the opportunity given to her. I also I adore when we get to see it all in action where she's like cat show, dog show, <laughs> <laughs> and we get to see the young like you know videographer, like the cameraman too, like the vine the blind videotaping the blind. It's just everything about it is so cute, you know of how nervous that she is um and it's fun too that we don't you know we don't actually see much of like what she does at all until the very end of the video and everyone is astounded yeah i even like going back further when she's like rehearsing and um she's oh, like yeah oh my god with the hairbrush it's really just a hairbrush it's so cute and then like nail her rose like she really i love it like totally from like you know and that's the other thing I want to bring up. Like, God, B. Arthur is so they use B. Arthur in these in these scenarios of like being uncomfortable in front of a camera or like being bad at acting or whatever. Like <laughs> they use that a lot. And she's just so and she nails good. it. She looks so <laughs> uncomfortable. She looks so like put on the spot. And like, it, I, I don't know. I just think that's such a hard thing to portray. And like she gets it every single time. And like oh it's so good the reveal of like the drawers and the the drawer of brochures like oh my god I love it so much sad sad situation oh Ugh. my god when she also when like you know Dorothy is trying to help her and she like pushes the microphone back to Rose's mouth to be like no no, no you have to talk into the mic you know what I mean like she yeah. it's so it's so good right because totally. um, Dorothy is the upper hand and then it totally flips and it's really oh it's really great but you're so right about like B. Arthur 
doing a great job pretending she's not a good actress <laughs> like not not able to riff um yeah and you know what else i love about this whole rose thing is like i love that rose gets mad that she didn't get it it's not she's not sad she's not defeated she's not like in job hunting you know and it's not like a frustration thing like she thought it'd be cool she went for it she didn't get it and she's mad which i i really like and i think oh, that also yeah. character development of her being like life sucks like you know she's just like pissed totally. off but she's not overreacting like she's not gonna quit her job she doesn't feel like she's like unworthy which like takes some self-love and some real sort of like it takes some work i think to get there mentally to be like oh man like i just wasn't right for it but like you know it doesn't i i just i feel like that's a really powerful thing for her um and i also just we love seeing rose mad it's so funny (laughs) i know it's really good it's really good you're right though i didn't even think about the fact that like this is you know her reactions and the way that everything sort of goes down and her being like i did my best you know I really tried and wanting like valid feedback from her roommates, but like knowing that she thinks she did a good job and like, you know, tried her damnedest, <laughs> like totally. is really good. It's really, it's a different kind of rose, which is so, so great. And I do love that. It's like, they're just so dumbfounded. Like you didn't cover it at all. <laughs> <laughs> And then it's very, and she's like, the police have also informed me there was an armed robbery. <laughs> totally. The face she looks, that she gives, like, looking into the camera with the dog is so fucking funny. Oh, oh my God. So cute. And um, they all do really look like their owners. I think that's true. No, exactly. I know. It's a hilarious newsreel. It really, they do so a great sweet. job. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it is, it is funny because this is... Um, the B story, if you, again, were to describe it, you're just like, yeah, Rose, like, tries to get a new job and she doesn't. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, not a lot of high stakes here, you know? Yeah. Except, like, again, like, an armed robbery where they, like, shoots into the sky. Like, it's so, like, unnecessary, intense violence for no reason that's just, like, in the background of this episode. It's, It's actually kind of terrifying. Feels very American to just throw that in without, like, it being a major plot point, really. Yeah, and I mean, like... We were held hostage. Once again, like, how many times? Jesus. It is a shame, because, like, if you go by television in the 80s and 90s, you feel like you were going to be in a hostage situation a lot of times, where I feel like in reality in the present day, you're just in a mass shooting event. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's... Much rather be a hostage situation. Jesus God bless America, right? Oh, fuck, man. Christ um you just cannot get through an episode without without something but it just comes up so often um the only other note that i have is the vcr on the top of their tv that is a flashback i mean yeah like i feel like they well one they don't usually have obviously like (laughs) the living room is totally rearranged so they can watch this this film um (laughs) but it is it is still kind of bizarre that you think like People, adults today did not grow up with VCRs. And like, you know, we like, I think, I I don't know, the transition to a DVD player was such a thing, such a moment in time. And now like, that's totally obsolete. So um, it's just wild to watch the evolution of media. I know, seriously, that's very strange. But also like VHS tapes, when we were growing up, were like, expensive. (laughs) 
like that's why everybody taped everything off of television because like to buy a movie was like not like it was when you just like would buy a dvd it was like it really took a while to come down um because that was home the home video market that was the first you know the first uh opportunity i guess yeah. really to do that you know not like like music has been there's a lot of opportunities before then to like take it home with you <laughs> before totally. cassette tapes but fascinating um take those I fbi just, warnings <laughs> oh my god we um you wouldn't steal a car so why <laughs> would you steal a movie um <laughs> Uh, anyway, we did not talk about the um the you know overtly sexual jibes at Blanche um when you know again this might have been part of like the the Dorothy you know knocking her type of thing um where like Sophia's like you know uh wish I could say the same for your thighs blah blah blah, blah. and like you know um I enjoy Sophia's like she's she's so self satisfied <laughs> when she's like poking fun at Blanche. And then she's like, take it, Dorothy. And then, of course, she's like, oh, cross the line. Like, it's, you know, it's it's a good little bit. And it's like a nice opportunity for them to get some, you know, highly offensive jokes, but jokes nonetheless in at Blanche's expense. Um, but it is interesting that she is offended by it, um, which is not something that she normally is. You know, she's it's just like you have to hit. It's like anybody, right? You like can take a joke until like it hits you at the wrong time. <laughs> and then it's like not great. So, um, and I know they play it that way just for like the scene, but it is, it is pretty, it is pretty funny where, um, Sophia is just really proud of herself <laughs> during that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's like, some people just don't know when to quit. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they always turn on Dorothy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh boy. Um, but yeah, that's all I've got. You know, it's a fun, a fun little romp. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree. And I think like we're about to get into like like just totally bizarre un <laughs> unhinged plot lines and I feel like this is <laughs> like we're getting there. Like you can see it get it like we it's been building for a while. It's you know, it's certainly the 90s. Um but this is kind of like there's a noticeable difference. I feel like if you if you put this episode against something from season 3 like Oh, yeah. it's totally different and like it's Absolutely. so visible in this episode um but yeah exactly. i i i i like it it's it's a it's a fun one it is a romp that's a great description <laughs> a romp exactly exactly well this is enough wicker signing off in a sad sad <laughs> <laughs> join us next time when we discuss membership in girlsa and changing the dates on your parents graves we've all done that <laughs> <laughs> take care everybody